Hey, everybody, Code Pen Radio. We have a, a kind of a, a long-time acquaintance of, of mine, although although I, I don't think we've ever spoken as we were trying to reminisce and figure out if we've ever crossed paths in real life in a meaningful way, and I don't think we have. Hakeem El-Hatab, how you doing? Thanks for joining me, Hakeem. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, really excited to uh, to join you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just amazing that we haven't because, you, you know, I don't know, both in the related to the like do interesting front end things online and then and then both kind of started companies and we just had a had some similar journey aspects in many ways yeah we've had uh, a lot of overlap i feel like similar acquaintances friend of mine worked at code pen uh, there's just uh yeah that's right a lot of overlap yeah so if, um, I, I try to make this not like this is a hardcore interview this is fresh air <laughs> i'm going to ask you sure. all the things uh, about that but it, it's interesting to think about some of the things that you've done um, to set the stage a little bit, one of the big projects that I, you know, that will be forever associated with you is um, is Reveal JS and its transition into Slides.com. Both are still look sound like kind of active projects, and on how interesting that is. So maybe we'll just go there and then do you know go on either side of it and <laughs> talk about history and that. But let's do the slides thing because I just love that. I don't know. I love that it exists. Tell me. Yeah, I mean, I love that it exists too. It's kind of <laughs> what I dreamed about starting. And now here I am looking back. Um, I just always wanted to start my own business and uh, work for myself. And I had no idea how that was going to come about. <laughs> I had no like, you know, moment of inspiration where all of a sudden I woke up and I built this thing. And then um, it just happened very, very slowly over a long period of time. It started, like you said, with Reveal.js, an open yeah. source project uh, for creating HTML presentations. And that started uh, just because I was giving a talk at a small meetup in Stockholm. And at the time, you had to actually pay you know, real money for PowerPoints or uh, keynotes. It wasn't free at the time, uh, a long time ago. Um, and yeah. I was like... You want I mean, to make I a like, slide deck is the yeah, point, Yeah, I want right? to make a slide deck. That's it. Yeah. I just want to make a slide deck. And I figured, how hard can it be? It's just some CSS transitions yeah. and a little <laughs> bit of content. And Reveal.js was pretty much born out of that. And then... Yeah, soon after Slides came about as well, Slides is not open source. It's um, just a business built on top of uh, the Reveal.js open source project. And it's this, I think, really great blend of working on the open source project, which I still maintain, and then mm -hmm. using that um, to power our paid products uh, and charging just specifically for our visual editor and uh, uh, presenting features. So... I'm I'm super happy. With you know, Reveal.js, yeah. you'd think is like the only person that's going to use that is like a nerd, essentially. Like you have to know what GitHub is and how to like pull a repo and npm install and stuff. But you don't need any of that for slides.com, right? This is like, I, I like to think of somebody that's like, oh, I need to make a slide deck. What should I use? I'll just <laughs> type slides.com into the browser and just see if a product, oh, there's a nice product. I wonder if you get uh -huh. customers like that. And they don't need to know anything, right? They can just go. I mean, I think we do get some of those. And you're exactly yeah. right. Reveal.js is specifically you know, for developers, people who know what an NPM install is and know how to run yeah. a web server locally, et cetera. Slides.com is just for everybody. But we really have a niche you know, on, uh, our, on a developer audience. So people who want to create technical presentations is kind of our 
niche audience for slides. Uh, and I think that's worked out really well. We have some very cool features for developers. Right. That is funny that it's because it, 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 you probably have just, because it's not, it's not, it's also not a spring chicken, as it were, right? Slides has been around for quite a We're few coming years. Coming up on 10 years. Next ten year years. is 10 years. Yeah. Join the 10 year party. We just had ours too. So we're similar in that way. Um, but it, yeah, because, you know, you can put, I don't know, example pieces of code in here and stuff and iframes and stuff that probably only a developer would need to know. But it's it, it's funny that you found, I didn't even know that, that that was a, a niche of yours is that you get a lot of developers using slides. Yeah, no. Because you could have told me like, oh, we get a lot of healthcare professionals or something. I would have, been like, I would have believed you, you know? No, I think, I mean, our our marketing, our only marketing has been Reveal.js. So that kind of tells you a little bit about the people coming to slides. Sure. They're already... Uh, and I, I think a lot of people, even though they could write Reveal.js presentations and kind of type out their slides in HTML if they wanted to, uh, end up at a point where th- that just isn't a very scalable solution for creating slide decks. You don't want to sit and type um, you know, HTML tags as you write out your content. You want to yeah. streamline it a little bit more. Yeah. Right, right, um, right, right. Yeah. And it's it's a foundationally good good idea, too. When your slide deck is HTML, then it's... Uh... Which it even is on slides, right? That it's more searchable, it's accessible, it's easy to share. There's just this slew of benefits for doing it. It's though. also, you know, hundred percent yours. If you export it, you actually get a Reveal.js presentation, so it's MIT licensed. You own the content. You can run it as long as you know, internet browser still exists. You can use yeah. your presentation, and um, I think that's a really good good selling point for it. But yeah, pretty generous, really. really. <laughs> Well, there yeah. are some really fun benefits of being based on HTML. Like you can use our CSS editor to style your slide deck. Um, you can even inject, you know, your own HTML if you wanted to, and really customize the heck out of it. Yeah, yeah. Similar to CodePen, you you're, you can export a pen and yes, just HTML, CSS, and JavaScript uh, with the build process too, if you really want. Um, you know, it reminds me of how the the niche thing. I just can't get over it for just for one second here that. Uh, you know, I worked with this company called Buy Sell Ads for so many years that just all they did was make a little ad platform. And there's no reason that it would need to be in the developer market specifically. Like, if who cares? It could that could it could have been the ad market for fashion websites, whatever. And I still I still think all there all these years that they're still chasing other markets down. You know, like they got, they got so many customers in the developer market that they just became the ad thing for. For developer sites, that it's kind of it's kind of hard to shake. Not, not that even they're even trying to shake it, or you are, but it would be interesting. Like it's, it's fun to dream of it, isn't it? Like, what if you got all of healthcare? You might double your revenue. I know, and you keep thinking about that. As a founder, you can't not think about those things. I think, but um, I'm very happy with where we've landed now. In the beginning, I was thinking slides should be for everybody. Absolutely, everybody should use slides. Who's going to be creating presentations, but I really yeah. like having a specific target audience and kind of designing the product for them because I can sell to this particular audience. I mean, that's I'm selling to myself pretty much. Um, right. So it's made it a lot easier to focus. I also don't have those you know big VC kind of. Uh, plans for slides. I don't mm-hmm. need slides to become 100x. That would be fun. Uh, I don't need it to happen. I have you know a solid income from slides. I can do what I enjoy doing. Um, so it's it's very much 
know, a lifestyle business at this point, which I'm super happy with. Yeah, right. We're kind of living that world too. Like, wow, that would be neat to to grow up a ton, but we've already kind of established ourselves. I almost almost worry about it. I wonder if you, this might be oversharing or something, but like, let's say I sat down with my co-founder, Alex, now, and, and we made the choice that we want to... We're going to take what we've done so far, but really hammer it. We want to go huge because we have a big, big, big new ideas. One path, not the only one, but one of them is is VC again, right? Because VC is not just for startups. Of course, they'll they'll come in at any moment that they see opportunity to turn money into more money. We'd have to make a deck, though, or something, or some kind of pitch that says, you know, this is where we're at. This is our idea. This is where we where the customers are. This is how the money we think the money could line up. If you believe in us, write us a check. You know, essentially is what we're asking, and uh, and we'd have to convince them. But I think it would be extra. It's almost harder now because we have this like ten year period of financials that you can look at and be like, that's what this business is. And if you looked at those financials, to be like, this is a long, steady, healthy lifestyle growth company. So you better be really, really ready to convince me otherwise. Because lifestyle business is like, is like kryptonite for VC. Like they hate that, right? I, yes, <laughs> I, and I know. And I, I think you're absolutely right in that analysis. It's not the most attractive thing to invest in for, uh, for a VC. And I mean, I don't want to hate on that route. I, I uh, no, we were no, seriously no. considering it earlier on, and I really think that's a great strategy for somebody at the right period of time. But you know, I it wasn't the right time for us, and I'm happy that we made the choice that we did. Yeah, it's cool. It's good to see you doing well, and we're kind of in that same boat, but thinking about the future and all that. Uh, speaking of the future, you know, we have such limited time here. I have to ask you about, you know, I wanted to set up the slides things first because it ended up, you know, uh, the story is so cool. You know, I, I want to, you know, made this little open source thing for my, for a local meetup, you know, fast forward 10 years and it's a, it's a big successful company it might be happening again, right? Like, the, I, I feel like there's this tweet that was like, oh, look, I made this like side-by-side documentation thing with, you know, words on the left, code on the right. I'm not sure if it's anything, but it was fun to build. And that is classic, Hakeem, if you ask me, of so many of these like beautiful front-end concepts. Like, what if the menu was like a SVG snake that followed what you were looking at or something? And you're like, wow, that's so cool. But in this case, because it's, foundationally like documentation of code there's probably a little bit more than a menu snake going on here and i and I, that was the bug that i alluded to earlier it looks like this is growing up or so tell me about what's happening here i was just completely blown away by the reaction to it this has been a project that i started uh really just trying to learn some new tech i've worked on slides like I've already mentioned for about 10 years now and mm-hmm. uh i'm happy with the stack that we have there technically but I haven't had a lot of opportunity to play around with new things. And this started you know, from that uh, motivation. So I just started building something. And then a year later now, I first tweeted about it because I've just been hacking oh, It's been on. a year already, huh? Yeah, well, it's yeah. been very slow progress. It's not been like work on it every week even. Right, right, um, right. It's been a side project, just trying some new things. And then it got to a point where I was thinking it might be useful to other people. And I was so insecure about it before I tweeted. And I'm like, is this actually going to be useful to anybody? 
And I got this dream reaction. Everybody really got the concept of it. And uh, it seemed like something, it still seems like something people really, really want. So now I'm just heads down trying to wrap it up and um, and ship a first version of it. And it's super exciting. Um, it's been really, really fun seeing that reaction. Um, so yeah, that's, nice. it's, it's been fun. Kodomo, is that right? Kodomo, that's it, yeah. It's uh, just a, a merge of two words. Code, a co- code in Swedish is kod. So yeah. ki- uh, K-O-D, yeah, <laughs> Kodomo. Nice. Um, yeah, it's, re- it's beautiful to look at. You know, it's fun to follow you on Twitter and see little micro bits of it because those of us who are like, you know, into the front end trickery stuff, there's lots of that going on. In fact, that feels like kind of the heart of it really is that, you know, any of us could make a, you know, side by side thing where you scroll up and down, but this like syncs the scrolling. And when you're at particular points in the documentation, more code appears in a, in a beautiful kind of way, but it's not just, you know, to me, it doesn't seem like it's just because animation equals fun. You know, maybe there's a little bit of that, but you need to know like, where did that code arrive? What is the important line of code that I should be looking at? What's different between what I was just looking at and what I'm looking at now really kind of, instinctual thing that's so critical for all ui animation it's something that i've learned over years of building interfaces is just don't over animate it's uh that was really the opposite rule of my early years of working on the web i was just trying to animate as much as possible make things move all the time and now i've been working much more on productivity tools and i've just come to the realization i've taken out so many animations from slides for example just mm. to make things appear more quickly. If there's anything that's going to happen more than once, it shouldn't animate in a way that is very noticeable, at least. Uh, It should not animate for a long time. And for uh, Kodemo, I've tried to just really focus on the animations that are critical. The UI doesn't animate that much, but the code or the documentation that you're looking at and code that is changing from one state to another, it animates very purposefully and slowly so that you can see where something moves and what Mm. happens. It is very carefully timed, so it will start by removing code that is no longer there and then slowly delay new code coming in after it has scrolled to the final position. And it is very uh, carefully timelined. And in that case, I think animations has just a a really... uh, specific purpose yeah. i like that if there's if there's ever a slow animation it's super on purpose because it's yes. like look at me you know <laughs> um yeah everybody could learn from that a little bit i i've had a, a a similar journey a little bit uh that anything that you use often should should probably just appear as much as you're tempted to make that modal slide in Eh, the modal should probably just appear. That's a that's a display none to display block transition, kids. Yeah. I just think it's very important if you're working with anything that's remotely, you know, used in somebody's work productively. Uh, some things in slides, you know, some menus will be clicked maybe 20 times during an editing session. You don't want that pop-up to like animate in over half a second mm-hmm. or something like that. It should just yeah. appear so you can get your work done as quickly as possible. Yeah. Likewise on the way out, I think. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting. I hope I hope this gets. Um, yeah, you you have a you have a journey in front of you though, because you also have to make sure that this is like the whatever the the experience of creating documentation in this is pretty is pretty easy. Because I could see being intimidated like about this. Like, yeah, this looks great, but like, who wants to be in charge of 
this kind of fanciness, you know? The editing experience is very challenging. I mean, that's really what I'm working on now. I think I nailed the viewing uh, part of it some time ago, but the editing is a lot more complex. And uh, I'm, I'm getting there, but that's really the selling point. It's like you said, I think many people could kind of put the text next to the code, um, but figuring out the the right user experience for it and um, the right way to present it uh, might seem like a trivial small part of it, but I think it's actually a critical main selling point for something like this. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope you get there. I'm sure you will. The now, when I see this, when I come across other docs, it's going to have this kind of reverse thing where I'm just like, oh man, they should have used Kodomo. What am I looking <laughs> at here? You know, like maybe it'll make people uh, picky about <laughs> when they see I mean, docs. I hope what so. They hope to see. Yeah. Yeah. Stripe is the kind of the classic one. It, you know, if you ask developers, what's good docs? You know, it almost becomes this default kind of developer cultural answer to just say Stripe. And they were one of the early ones, especially the API docs specifically that had, you know, words on the left, code on the right. And then did this, you know, classy trick where they they would put your API key in there if you were logged in. So if it's some little curl call or something, you could just copy and paste it out of there and run it and it would work. Yeah, really uh, the idea behind my projects, uh, I think, is very inspired by uh, Stripe docs. The, the challenge is that those are Stripe docs, and nobody else can really create things at that quality. And yeah. that's kind of the realization behind this project that I'm working on now, is that I want to make that level of quality for documentation available to more people. And um, that's that's what I'm working on. I think Stripe does such a tremendously good job. That's a good, good job. point, like, they have a huge team on it. It's like, yeah, you're not going to... and it's all custom and it's, uh, and sure, uh, there are, it's just very difficult to build a reusable editing um, tool for something like that. And I understand that maybe that's not their priority. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I've never seen anyone that is focused on the, the I think the code, the, I don't know, experiencing the code. Because I also think what's what's weirdly common in a, almost a bad way, although I'm not trying to throw too much shade, is that I think the, the SSG market, which I try to keep my eye on, you know, like how many static site generators were built because some companies like, we need something specifically for docs. Yeah. And they're like, I'm, we're going to build a doc machine. And then what they're up against is that that's great and all, but a doc machine has all these other concerns that probably end up taking their time. Like, how do they, how do URLs work? And how does nesting, you know, they, they have all these things that they need to account for that isn't necessarily the like, yeah, but what is what do blocks of code do? And they're like, well, it outputs in a pre-tag. There you go. Oh, we baked in syntax highlighting. Wow. You know, yeah, that's a pretty, uh, of course you did that, you know, I, I, I don't know. So, so th- th- this is kind of cool to, to see that, um, I don't know, it's, it's not necessary. It's not, you're, it doesn't sound like you're trying to be an SSG for, for docs. It's like a little different than that. It is a little bit different, yes. And uh, yeah, we'll see if it's different in a good way um, down the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right on. So you were able to approach this. That's an interesting founder thing too, is I wonder if, I wonder, you know, again, this might be asking too pointed of, of questions or too weird, but if I had a really good idea like like this, which I I don't have at the moment, but certainly wish I did, and I, I, I certainly, I, I 
some free time. I could poke at it a little bit, but I'd be a little nervous that like, you know, I have a co-founder too. There's people that work for me. Are they, do they look at me and say like, what are you doing, man? We have this other product over here. To <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's very sensitive. And I think I've worked on a lot of projects of my own, well, not uh, too many, yeah. but I, I keep working on my own side projects. They're usually much less serious. Um, so I think then it's fine. It's just, you know, various open source tools yeah. and animations and et cetera. It could be good too. It keeps you sharp, right? You know? You yeah. And it's make... just play, right? I, I kind of yeah. sometimes work on very monotonous tasks at slides and I just need to do something to free my mind a little bit. So I'll, I'll build something on CodePen. I'll just throw together an experiment or whatever and share it with people on Twitter and get some fun feedback and yeah. it's just something fun and visual. So I do that very often. And you know, this project now that I've gotten validation for it, Codemo, it's uh, it's become something more serious. But before I tweeted about it, honestly, I, I could have scrapped it the week after. Um, right. If, if the right. reactions was like, it was like 10 like tweets and nobody really got the idea, I would have been completely bummed by it. I'm not sure I would have like gone to the finish line with it. Um, so really, just getting that initial feedback, I think, has made it into something much more serious. And now... Obviously, I'm talking to my co-founder, and I, I've showed him the project, and he's kind of been walked through it. And um, yeah, you know that that little hit of dopamine can be different. It can be a, I don't know. It can be a I don't know. You've built so many big projects with so many details and stuff that like that those early days is fun. Like oh, I'm gonna you know whatever build a Christmas tree out of form elements, which is something you'll yeah. never live down. I'm afraid that was too amazing. To, <laughs> that that next stage can be fun too. Like what about this little tiny detail? What about the you know rather than reinventing the whole thing every time you start? Yeah, absolutely. This episode of CodePen Radio is brought to you in part by Equinix. Equinix Metal's startup partner program helps early stage companies level up. Their experts work with startups like Genesis Go and Quemby to build their competitive edge with infrastructure. Equinix Metal provides real-time guidance and support to help startups grow faster with up to $100,000 in infrastructure credit, access to Equinix global ecosystem of over 10,000 customers and 1,800 networks. See why startups choose Equinix Metal. It's not just about the infrastructure, it's about the people behind it. Are you ready to go global? Visit metal.equinix/startups, which the link will be in the show notes there, to take your startup to the next level. And thanks for the support. Where else do you do 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 you want to go with this? It's interesting to think about the how many little ideas like that you've had over the years. I think people on listening to this show probably know you partially from CodePen itself and so might get a kick out of uh, hearing about some of your kind of more micro ideas over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I've made a point out of uh, just making my work on slides very enjoyable. Like I said, mm. kind of aligns with the whole lifestyle business thing. I work on slides because I want to build something fun and something useful, sure, but I want to have fun while building it as well. I think that shows in the results of my work. And I've just made up projects along the way, honestly. Like I'll take something that doesn't necessarily mean more revenue or more customers, 
and I'll go off and spend a couple of days working on some little menu somewhere, some UI detail that I can obsess over <laughs> because I find that work really rewarding and fun. It doesn't, yeah. you know, it's not rewarding monetarily or it doesn't lead to anything, I think, directly. Um, but I prioritize that work still. It's, I think it's it's just critical to kind of keep the work enjoyable, especially if you're going to work on something in the long run, mm-hmm. um, which we now have with slides. Um, and that's kind of kept slides uh, fun to work on for me. Now I'm, I'm trying to work on something new as well, which is fun in, in a whole different way. Uh, but I'm going to keep doing that. You know, I'll keep kind of obsessing over things that s- some people might consider pointless and um, just try to op- just come up with something unexpected um, in my UI and uh, right. surprise people. I, I find that so much fun. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that's just a very uh, important thing, no matter what you're working on, to kind of find those little pockets of fun uh, wherever you may. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know, I wonder what a you know almost like a psychologist would say or something be like, yeah, and look, he's not burned out. I mean, I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you've experienced little bouts of that, but when people, you know, how many things have you read that say when people utilize play in their lives, that that has benefit aside from just killing time, you know, it's not the same... I don't know. It's ain't the 1950s anymore or whatever, where people would waggle their fist at it. Now we're so, we work so hard each day and stress our brains out for maximum productivity that we've almost had to remind ourselves that nature and play and all these things have these really kind of tangible benefits. If you if you need to yeah. be convinced that having a play with something fun is uh, is good for productivity, then oh, well, at least listen to that. You know, but it sounds like you do it very naturally. Yeah, it also is just looking back at those things that I've worked on, they've led to a lot of attention and traffic to slides. So I'm sure, you know, in the, in yeah, the cough, end result has been new customers, oh, yeah. even though that was not at all, you know, what the intention was with building a, a snake game in my, my sidebar navigation. Uh, as, so I think it just, it goes to show, you know, if you put passion into something, uh, no matter what area that may be for me, that's front end and UI animations. And, um, if you really put your passion into something, I think people can tell, uh, they'll notice those little extra details and special touches and, um, it, and it's worked. Look at, so did you, did you say that there's no marketing? You've never done Google ads or nothing like that ever? No, zero marketing. So zero. Yeah. That's worth money. You think of how many startups are like. I was, was just, you know, I was at my first conference in a while recently, and a guy comes up to me. He's like, "We got this product. It's even tangentially similar to, to CodePen. I mean, not in a hardcore competition way, but I could see the similarities." And they're like, "But we're at this crucial point in so many startups' lives where we need customers." You know, it's like, what did you do? How how come there's such a community at CodePen? I was like, I cheated in every conceivable way, man. <laughs> I wrote about the web for a decade, you know, practically before CodePen even started. So, like, here's my tip. Go back in time, you know, build a community <laughs> for 10 years first, then launch your product, which, of course, you can't do. So. I mean, I don't have the CSS Tricks community, but I have pretty much my, my Twitter following has been where I've launched all my uh, things. I don't even have that many followers, it's just, but it, it is a... A, a bunch of people that I can show things to. Um, and then it sometimes it will take off from there. And I think in the beginning, before that existed, before, as I was just getting started, it was really difficult. Um, if you don't have an audience, it's so hard to 
to work on something and not get that reaction and dopamine kick from people actually liking yeah. something you've done. Right. Um, so I think that's that's just a very hard time. Once you have an audience, it becomes so much more fun to um, keep shipping for them. Yeah, fun is yeah. Like, uh, another good word there. So not everybody can do that. I get it. Some people have to. Yes, a hundred percent. You know, buy some eyeballs and stuff, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm working on my own company, so I can decide to spend three days on uh, a menu if I want to. That doesn't make sense everywhere, and I understand that not everybody can do this. I'm not trying to say that everybody can do this either. It's just right. I'm trying to really reap the benefits of it now uh, that I can. It's kind of. So can we think of one more example of, of, of one of those things that kind of um, made their way into, into slides? Um, that's a very good question. I mean, I've, uh, let's see, we've got the, got the menu. What else have I, can I have to visit my website for this? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, okay, have your own lab. I have a good one. Yeah. Okay. The uh, loading spinners. Yeah. That was mm -hmm. one. Um, I just worked on trying to integrate loading feedback into buttons at some points. Um, and I did that with slides and I really liked the results. Um, I open sourced it eventually. Um, so it's just this little button with kind of built-in loading feedback. Uh, I spent a lot of time building it. And especially since I open sourced it as well, you kind of have to polish it a little bit more. Um, so that, that took a, a good deal of time next time. That's right. I forgot about this. I would say that this could be, this could be among your largest legacy. Cause I, I think it's probably lived on bigger than like people forking and using this directly, but the idea of clicking on a button and watching the button, you know, fundamentally the button stays where it is. It just gets a little bigger and then yeah. reveals a spinner out of that. We absolutely have ripped this off at. CodePen. When you leave a comment, for example, it slides out and does this this pattern. So the design pattern itself is yours and has been highly ripped off. <laughs> it was it was really fun to see how quickly it took off. Um, I saw Slack using it, like actually using my open source library at the point when they were nice. still pretty fresh, and uh, that was really really fun. Like, you know, they were growing explosively, and you saw. Wait, wait a second. I recognize that animation. Like I can spot that 0 0.3 second ease and it's uh, that's <laughs> yes inspect source that's definitely uh, yeah. my tool that's great that you can see even the even the timing is what gives it away yeah um just one thing uh, going back to marketing i we've come to realize this over 10 years of running slides now we're so thankful for the fact that we don't have to do marketing because I can't bring myself to do it. Um, we haven't done any marketing, but we've thought a lot about how we would market the product because we were thinking, well, there's probably low-hanging fruit, some things that we could right. have done earlier on to get to more customers. And I still think that's true. But every time I set out to just work specifically on marketing, like writing, out. doing content, content marketing or anything, it's just, mm -hmm. it doesn't work for me. Um, I can't do, I can't bring myself to do it. It's, it makes me... Um, very sad, Hakeem. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so what I've realized, and I think a lot of people realize nowadays, is you can do content marketing in many different ways, right? My short kind of GIFs that I tweet about from my UIs that I work on, these little UI details and interactions, etc. cetera, uh, those are kind of my way of marketing. Um, and they work really well for me. I don't have to write a lot. I can Focus on my right. UI, record some nice detail of it, and uh, tweet about it, and uh, people will kind of notice it from that. And that's worked well for slides. Uh, and I think 
it's kind of what I'm doing now for my new project too. I'm tweeting a lot of images with specific you know, parts of the interface and things that I think look interesting. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's working so far. So um, another yeah, you know, I, point of inspiration for that is, um, what's his name again? Steve uh, Ruiz? I, I'm not going to try to pronounce that. He, he works on uh, TL Draw, okay. uh, this drawing app. And he's very active on Twitter. Um, you can search for TL Draw and I'm sure you'll find him. Um, he does the same thing, and I think it just—he's done it very um, intentionally, and it works so well. Just seeing those UI details, like him obsessing over how to bind arrows between shapes, and right. thinking about all the implementation de- details of that, just attracts a huge audience. Right, right, and it does this little trick, right? It's not that somebody's going to choose to use that drawing app because of this one little UI detail. What it does is it reminds them that there's a thing in the world that's a drawing app that somebody I like built. And then I see it a second time and a third time, and now it has embedded itself into my brain that this thing exists. And the minute that I need it, I'll remember that because it's, I've been reminded now three, four times. You know, it's, I hate to make it that, <laughs> I don't know, psychologically boring, but I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. You know? I think so. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun, you know, because you know, obviously we're, we're in the kind of the TikTok generation and stuff too. If, you, if you're like, how am I going to market slides? Well, I guess we better hire a video team and make a 30-minute, <laughs> I don't know, expose on how it works. Nobody's going to yeah. watch that. That's gonna, no. not going to do nearly as much as if you spent that time and energy and p- possibly some money on building little 20-second videos showing off one little cool thing you can do that's that's what we need to do yeah that makes me sad too because once in a while i'm like oh what's the classic way to to market well we should make some landing pages for very specific needs and then that landing page will just be full of copy and examples and stuff that speak directly to that and i don't think that's a horrible thing but i think you'd have to be a company of a certain size where you can almost like sick a team on that and that's one thing of many that they're working on but if you have very limited time i don't think that approach is right anymore no i think that's right you definitely need that at least in a small company that one person that is specifically focused on on marketing and tracking the results of it and really cares about you know and considers that their big payoff sort of for me that has never really been my my payoff in terms of the work that I do, I can't see the the payoff in the same way as I do when I solve a problem in code or visually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, and you don't even need to. It's not like every one of these little things you put like, here's my slides.com link with a tracking URL so that the UTM params are correct and I can see who signed it. You, know, you don't even do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I, we don't even do the basic things. Is is really the the problem? And I, I, uh, I feel like. Some some part of me still wishes it. Like every time I talk about this, every time I talk about this, I feel like we should have done this, we should have done that. Even now, right now, I'm questioning everything in my head. Um, but <laughs> I just can't bring myself to to focus on that. I'd much rather have slides be, you know, the sales funnel is not perfectly optimized. Okay, I'm. It, we we're making and we're doing good enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I we're very similar in that way. Like, forget it. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining me and talking about all this stuff. It's fun just to shoot the breeze once in a while with with, with like-minded folks. And uh, uh, yeah, I appreciate the time again. Any final words you want to get out there for folks? Um, definitely just uh, check out Codemo. You can uh, 
check out my Twitter, Hakeem L, and you can see a couple of uh, screencasts from it there. And uh, I hope that you will enjoy it. Nice. Take care. Take care. Eight.